G'day everybody, I'm your host Liam and welcome to this, another episode of Free Kick, the AFLW Fantasy Podcast and today we are tackling Port Adelaide in our Clubs in Days episode and I'm joined by my ever-present and wonderful co-host Will. Will, how are you going? I'm very well, thank you. How are you going Liam? I'm, uh, I'm pretty good. I, I'm actually just remembering how much nervous energy there was when we recorded this same episode last year when Port Adelaide were a complete unknown and we were just racking our brains for ways to structure it, ways to talk about the system we didn't understand, the players we didn't know that well, and then comparing it to now, it is just miles apart. Oh, absolutely. Like, we know the team, we know the players. Makes it a fair bit easier for us. (laughs) We actually kind of know what the system is going to be a little bit better as well. It's a massive relief. Before we uh, head off to the interview, Will, give us your quick rundown on the Port Adelaide team history, as short as it may be. Yeah, expansion club last season, they ended up with a 1-8-1 record. They smashed fellow expansion team Sydney and also managed to draw it with the Carlton Blues. They finished 17th on the ladder, so second last, but despite that, they were actually quite a decent team. They had a pretty good defense. They managed to not get blown out of the water most games, and they were pretty competitive most of the time. So they'll be hoping that they can sort of build on that this season, push up a bit in the ladder on the back of some of their experienced campaigners. You would uh, you would definitely hope so. And I think as well, just watching Port Adelaide last year, they were a very high tackle team, and that really showed in some of the players that they bought in and their game style as well. So they were pretty fantasy-friendly just in terms of the sheer volume of points that was going to players in the midfield. So a good team for us, at least for, as fantasy players. Yeah, Will, for sure. Who, was the, who, did, who did they bring in? Because there's one name that we've mentioned way back at the beginning of this series. It's a pretty big in for them. Yeah, absolutely. After taking arguably the greatest ever player in Aaron Phillips for their first season, they've managed to snag another Big name from their crosstown rivals. They've taken Ash Saint, formerly known as Ash Woodland, uh, leading goal kicker. So they've really put in some more firepower to that forward line. So you've got Ash Saint, Gemma Houghton, and Aaron Phillips, of course, up front. That's going to be a difficult proposition for a lot of teams. Absolutely, particularly with Gemma Horton hopefully playing a full season's worth of games this year. They look like they could finally fill the gap that they had, the biggest gap that they had, sorry, last year, which is the ability to kick goals. Yeah, absolutely. And they've also got a few uh, few more defenders in, some experienced defenders as well. Maddie Kerrick coming over from Geelong and also Janelle Cuthbertson, who's gone straight into that leadership group. So they've Brought in a bit more experience, which is always good for a young team and an expansion team like Port Adelaide. So it'll be interesting to see how those sorts of names can can help them build. The one major out, I suppose, for them is Jackie Yorson, who's sitting out this season. She was one of their main midfielders, uh, had their most CBA attendances last uh, last season. So it'll be interesting to see who can fill her shoes. But otherwise, they've kept their list pretty well together, um, which I suppose is a good thing for an expansion club. Yeah, I think the only thing to add there was they did lose a couple of players that we had in our fantasy size last year in Sarah Goodwin, the 
pick seven defender mm. who's moved across town to to Alberton to play for the Crows and then Alberton also to Port Adelaide <laughs> from Alberton to West Lakes. And then they've also, uh, Liz McGrath has now ended up at North Melbourne, the Ruck, who is a pretty popular pick to start the year. So there's definitely some relevant names in the outs. But before we will jump to your most relevant names this year, I'm going to throw to the interview that I had with former Crow and current Port Adelaide Power winger and halfback Ange Foley for what was just a great chat that I had a few weeks ago. G'day everybody. Today I am joined by Vice-Captain from Season 7 of the Port Adelaide Power and massive help for our clubs in day's episode for Port Adelaide, Ange Foley. Ange, thank you so much for jumping on. How are you? Not a problem. Not a problem. I'm good, thanks, Liam. Thanks for having me. No, not a problem. And we're always super grateful to have have people jump on the pod. Uh, I think first off we've got to ask, like, you came across from Adelaide you know, having come in as an inaugural player on that team across to an expansion club. That must have been a pretty whirlwind first season, particularly off the back of a shortened off season last year. What was it, what's, you know, what was that process like for you and what's it been like to kind of have a proper off season this time around? Yeah, whirlwind's a good uh, descriptor. Um, It definitely was and felt like a a whirlwind um, coming in from, um, you know, obviously very successful at the Crows. Um, they just won a premiership um, and then jumped on an expansion club, which, um, you know, has a different kind of excitement around it, I suppose. Um, yeah, it was, as I said, exciting, um, a whirlwind. Um, we had to get a team together pretty quickly. Um, lent on um, myself and a few others um, in a leadership capacity and and that experience definitely helped. So um, it was great. It was, um, I think we'll look back and think, how the hell did we do that, you know? Um, it was it was awesome. Absolutely loved every minute of last season. I could imagine there was just a fair bit of adrenaline kind of pumping <laughs> yeah. through a very, very short off-season into, I think, pre-season might have started about like a week after a whole bunch of players got named in the squad. I can't imagine it was like a, a rested, calm process with, <laughs> with lots of planning ahead of time. Yeah, it was um, it was like a forced kind of relationship that you just had to build as quickly as you could. Um, we should have done like a speed dating thing and, and got to know each other like just... <laughs> And then just all of a sudden, your teammates go around the squad. <laughs> just you've got one minute quick download yeah. onto the next one, and uh, then put some connection on field and and play together. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of how it felt. Yeah, well, I, that kind of leads me on to the next question I wanted to ask, which is obviously, you know, you were at Adelaide. That was a very successful setup. You just come off a, of a grand final. The and. I wanted to kind of get a sense of the coaching staff at Port Adelaide. How did they go about kind of managing expectations and kind of rallying the team around, you know, the, the idea of it being a multi-year project in an expansion year? And, like, was there a big difference between how the coaching staff at Adelaide versus what it was like at Port Adelaide? I think the coaching staff had the same sort of feel as the players. Like, they were just as excited and it was just as new for them. And, um, you know, that that's that's a hard task, but it's also a really exciting one. It brings a different kind of feel to um, the group, I suppose. Um, Lauren Arnell is a real people person and, um, you know, the, the way that she brought us together, um, 
you know, she was just as nervous and excited as we were, as I said. Um, and then she had some great coaches behind her who were just as nervous and excited and um, just wanting us to just, you know, there was no real expectation about performance, you know, like um, we, we, the world was our oyster sort of thing. It was like, let's get together. Let's do what we can do in this very short space of time um, and just um, create history for the club. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah. And you've, you've already mentioned it. Like you've got a coach who was making history herself, being the first former player to kind of yep. fill in in a full-time role. And then let you, you, you can't talk about Port Adelaide without talking about the inaugural captain in history maker, Aaron Phillips. Yep. Yeah. How significant for you, but also for the club, was it having, you know, that consistent connection from a, a really successful setup at Adelaide in bringing across like a, a team culture for yeah. Port Adelaide? I think I learnt a, a lot on um, remembering what 2017 was like with the Crows. That was very similar, to be honest. I was part of the Darwin connection in t- 2017, yeah. where we had um, some players um, living in Darwin. And then some players living in Adelaide. And and again, I'll talk about that forced kind of relationship. We had to do that and come together on game day and play. Um, and I drew connection from that year where, you know, that was tough. We had to connect um, and we were really successful in performance. Um, but but also additionally for, for that 2017 year, um, Beck Goddard was very much about building a really um, great culture and that is driven a lot by by players and buy-in and um, bringing experience from all different places and coming together and creating that culture. So um, that was super important for us uh, last year and that's another driver for us this year as well. Yeah, and, and I can imagine that the kind of spine that you guys had brought across to Port Adelaide was was quite experienced yourself as a, as a defender and then running through the midfield, you picked up, you know, former captain from the Suns, Hannah Dunn, and then obviously yep. Aaron. But then you've also got Indy, who'd, uh, well, you've also got like a forward line as well filled mm. with some experience that probably did mm. make it a little bit easier to kind of build that leadership culture as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Hannah Dunn, yeah, as you mentioned, was Gold Coast captain. Um we had some also a Gold Coast connection as well with a few other players um, yeah. around Hannah. Um, we bought, we had myself and Aaron and Justine Mules from Crows. Um, and then we had another little um, Western Australian sort of group as well. So, um, you know, that really does help. Relationships are really important and getting to know each other um, only just, you know, helps you on the field with that connection piece as well. So um, that was super important for us and, yeah. And kind of that transition is from the kind of experience to the to the very new. We, uh, you know, on the pod and in the community, loved what we saw from the, or at least love the upside from someone like um, Hannah Ewings. What was yeah. it like kind of, what was she like from your perspective as, you know, a vice captain sitting at halfback kind of watching her ahead of the ball? Because she yeah. looks like she has just an innate sense for for stoppages and a pretty big kick as well. Yeah, she does. She kicked one from 50 one day. I'll never forget. She um, um, hit one. The wind was, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't want to say that the wind was, it was howling. We, we um, can admit that. I remember, I remember the goal. And I think Abby and then Derrick Abby had Derrick, the I same think game. A minute later, a minute yeah. later, Abby Derrick did the same thing. And to be honest, those two um, remind me of each other. They're, you're right. Um, 
they're, they're great at stoppage. Um, they just go hard and um, they've got a great kick on them, both of them. So if we can get the ball in their hands on stop in stoppage and um, get the ball moving forward, you're right from from the back line or the wing. It's it's great to watch. Yeah, and and it was also very clear that there was like a very there was a young trio in that midfield who all loved to tackle, all loved to stoppage. Because you've also got Maria yeah. Maloney, who's just in and under absolutely everything. Yeah. Also very entertaining to watch. Uh, I can imagine that you know hopes are pretty high for for what that midfield group will be this season. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right that we've got, um, you know, that young kind of group, but then the experience as well. Aaron, Aaron rolls through the midfield um, at times as well. And that just lifts the group um, as she does in many ways. Um, but Maria Maloney, um, also some experience there with, um, you know, playing at the Lions and, yeah. um yeah, it is a and then Ebony O'Day is another one who played a bit at um, Collingwood. So yeah, absolutely, um, and she brings definitely tackle pressure. Um, and so yeah, it's a, it's a good little group. I'm glad I don't have to go in there. I'll just sit on the outside and wait for them to do the hard work and and um, reap the benefits. Absolutely, you, you let them do the tough stuff, and you can run <laughs> along on the outside and get all the accolades absolutely. as the ball streams forward. Um, well, talking about kind of maybe not so much outside players, but another young player that we just wanted to get your opinion on was Abby Ballard, who really was someone that we kind of watching through the preseason didn't appreciate the kind of player that she could become as an intercept defender, and really did yeah. really did show a lot in in season one at Port. Yeah, Alex Ballard's the one Alex. you're. Yeah, Abby, Abby, Abby Ballard is from the Crows. I did don't don't I'm very um, sorry. Don't worry about that, Liam, because I've done that before. Um, <laughs> I very early in the uh, preseason, I accidentally sent a message to Abby Ballard, who's a Crows player, um, and it was meant oh. to go to Alex Ballard, who is uh, now a Port Adelaide defender. So. Um, I'm not the only one who's made that mistake. <laughs> I wish I could say that it, this is my first time having done it on the podcast, but <laughs> I it, unfortunately it's it's. It's probably about my second or third. Um, oh. That's all right. But <laughs> Alex Ballard. Alex Ballard. Yes. I know who. I know who I'm thinking of. The intercept defender yep. who looked incredible. Yes. Absolutely. Um, she's got a great um, set of hands on her and just reads the ball really well. Um, I watched her um, for a year or so before she um, got on the Port Adelaide list down at Sturt, and um, she's you know, um, as I said, reads it really well. Um, her brother plays uh, defence for the Gold Coast as well, um, and he's the same. You know, runs in the family. She's she's great. She's working really hard marking. this preseason. Yeah, I, I just I just imagine I, I, like whichever one of their siblings or cousins who got stuck <laughs> playing as the forward yeah. during family football matches, much as had just a miserable time of it. Yeah. Um, the the other player that we really wanted to talk about was the big addition that you guys had over the off season, which is Ash. Saint, yeah, um, who's come across again from like uh, from the crows. Uh, yeah, we're slowly but... just dragging them all across. <laughs> You've taken across the former AFL best and fairest from the crows. Now you're going to steal their leading goal kickers as well. <laughs> what's what's that forward line looking like this year? Because you've obviously got Aaron, who spent a bit of time there, and then also in the midfield. But then you got Gemma, who looked really really good given that number one forward role. Um, after coming over from Frio. How is that kind of trio all fitting together? Yeah, um, really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's exciting when you look up and you've got 
um, more than just Gemma to choose from in terms of height. Um, you know, your tools in the forward line, um, you, you can play one high and one deep. Um, they've both got, um, you know, a fair bit of speed behind them. Um, you know, in the yeah the pre-season, they've been um, working really well together. As I said, it's nice to look up and um, you've got some pretty handy players down there now. Um, Aaron shoots through there, you're right. Justine Mules is down there. Julia Teekle, um is another tall. Um, yeah, they're, um, it's great to have Ash um, you know, she's got her experience as well um, playing across at the Crows and some leadership that she brings to that forward line as well um, is just, yeah, awesome. Yeah, and obviously it was kind of a story among all the expansion clubs, which is the kind of consistent scoring game to game. I can imagine yeah. that adding, you know, more star power, firepower up front is probably going to help. Absolutely. Um, you know, you got to kick goals to win. And I think there was a few games um, last year where that may be something that we struggled with. So um, injecting her into there and really spending some time on our forward craft this preseason um, has definitely been a focus. Um, and we're looking to score definitely more this season. Yeah. And you were talking about kind of the additional tall tools you've now got to tug in the forward line. Another big part of your off-season additions were tools just in general in, in, in the ruck yeah. as well. Um, there's again another player who is playing at uh, at Adelaide in uh, Jazz Simmons. What's the the ruck kind of setup looking like this year? We know that Liv Lavicki spent most of her time kind of after about round three playing full time ruck. Is that going to be the same this year, or is it going to be you know a few more names rolled through there? Yeah, we've got an 18 year old in Matilda Schultz um, who played at Glenelg. Yep. Um, she's big. <laughs> and been training really, really you well. That, you want that from your rucks usually. <laughs> uh, I try to stay away from her. She's um, she's huge. Um, and she's training, yeah, as I said, really, really well. Her and Liv will probably chop out in the ruck together. Um, Jazz Simmons has been training um, defensively. Um, um, but you're right, can, yeah, as um, – she she can go really anywhere, Jazz. She played a little bit of wing at, um, at the Crows as well. So um, she's got some running capacity um, in her and um, she's, uh, yeah, as I said, she's been, um, I think she's been rucking a little bit defensively as well. Um, as and, and you're right, like, you know, that's, we recruited big. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, Janelle Cuthbertson's another one when we talk, think about um, big players, um, she was in Perth and played, um, you know, she's just strong defensively as well for us. So um, both ends of the ground and in the middle, um, yeah. Yeah, sounds like you guys are assorted for, for tall stocks this year after. Absolutely. A, yeah, after. I was kind of one four. of the taller ones last year. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I, I hope. I hope I can say. I hope you don't have to play tall this year. I hope not to. Well, that kind of makes my way through most of the questions that we ask. Save for save for one more, and it's one we ask at the end of every single interview we have in this series, which is who at Port Adelaide do you think is going to make the biggest leap this year? Uh, apart from me. <laughs> uh, apart from yourself, apart from apart yourself, from obviously, myself, okay. like we really, we really expect kind of an, an extra jump, half forward wing roll, just to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose someone who I work very closely with. Um, Ella Bogue um, 
little favourite of mine, Ella. She, um, I pronounce her name wrong too because I've got a Victorian accent. It's actually <laughs> Ella. <laughs> um, right. Listens, yes, if she listens to this, she'll have a good laugh at that one. Um, <laughs> but she is a absolute sponge. Um, and what I mean by that is she just wants to learn and wants to be better. Um, I haven't... There's, there hasn't been a session yet where I haven't seen her out on the track with a coach before training, um, just trying to be better, um, ask plenty of questions. Um, she's an 18-year-old who – well, she's actually just turned 19 a couple of weeks ago. But she plays on the wing and I can see – I saw last year and I've seen in this preseason some massive growth for her um, and I just love playing with her and – that's what. That's one big reason why I came to Port to help nurture that young talent. Use my leadership and my experience of the game to, you know, really put that onto the younger players and and see how far they can go. I just love watching them grow. Well, that's it. That's an enviable, an enviable <laughs> uh, mission statement there. And I hope that yeah. Elle listens to that massive pump up <laughs> that you've just given her. We'll make sure that she gets tagged when I'll we post I'll, it I'll out pass there. It on. <laughs> well. And thank you so much for jumping on. I hope that Port Adelaide have uh, an improved season this year and that you guys are pushing for finals because, yeah, we definitely loved the the kind of tackle in their under game this year. And if we can see some some high scores, it's going to be great for competition, not the least in uh, in South Australia. Yeah, absolutely, Liam. Um, you know, we, we have no limits. Um, we've got no, you know... We've got no expectations. We're going out as as all good clubs do, and and to win every game um, that we play this year, we have nothing to lose, and we're absolutely excited for the season coming up. Awesome. So are we. Thanks so much, Ange. Thanks, Liam. Got to thank Ange for that. That was really really interesting to chat. If only because it's it's I, I found as part of this process, it fascinating to hear about the perspectives of more experienced players at expansion clubs and just how that environment for them was either in some ways exactly what they'd left and in other ways just this like manic energy trying to throw everything together at the last minute. And it really does give you some perspective on the way some of those teams performed last year. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so fascinating to hear how they they drew on their experience from their first season at Adelaide because that's basically what they, they did back then. So, yeah, it's, it was a great great to hear from an experienced leader at the Bauer. Following straight on from that, Will, it was a player that I mentioned in the interview. Who have you got as your number one most relevant player this year for the Power? Yeah, number one most relevant player, rising star, Hannah Ewings. In She's a, a forward in one of the games in the Marrera's Magic game. She's a midfielder in the official game. Either way, she averaged 61 in her first year. She's only going to get better. And we expect that she's probably going to build on that average in a similar way to some of the other really high draft picks. There's a lot of upside here. She's going to be an absolute superstar. Hannah Ewing's wonderful, wonderful option to to pick, whether in your forward line in one game or in the midfield in the other. Yeah, absolutely. I think she, alongside Jazz Fleming, really present a fascinating combination of in midfielders in the um, official platform. At a price at around that 60k, so about 800, sorry, 60 points, so about 830k. I reckon one is going to, my guess, my prediction is one will take the step up into that high 70s, 80s level that we quite often see for players in their second season in the AFLW. I think 
I'd love to get your opinion on whether or not you reckon Ewings is going to be that one. Yeah, I, I think she's definitely a chance to be that. And we've mentioned Jackie Orson going out of there. There's CBAs on offer. There's a big chance that Hannah Ewings becomes that number one midfield for Port Adelaide. And if she does that, there's no reason why she can't average 70 or 80, which is a fantastic effort for, from a young player and great value, especially if you are picking her as a forward in the Marrera's Magic game. So, yeah, I, th- I think she's definitely a huge chance to become that player. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I don't think we can really get many better options than that. You kind of saw what she was able to do at the back end of last year. I think she had CBAs above 60, yeah, above 62 in each of the last four games. And I don't know if you've got the stats in front of you, Will, but I'm pretty sure that correlated with an increase in her scoring as well. Yeah, she finished finished the season with a 60 and 92 and then a 62 as well. Two 90s in her debut season. If we if we see a bit more of that, that's super. Yeah, it's almost unfortunate that we're not going to get her as a forward in the official platform because I think she would have presented some fascinating value there. She may even present enough value for some people to pick her if you really think she's going to go to that probably somewhere close to 80. She probably still presents at that point 20%, 20 points of upside, probably enough to pick, you reckon? Yeah, I think I think so. And I think that... It's, it's a tough one in the official game. We know for midfielders there's a lot of mid-value options. Um, we've talked quite a bit about the two Collingwood players, but I think she's a really, really good option. And you're right, if she was a forward, I think it's almost a guarantee pick. But even as a midfielder, I reckon there's a lot of value there. Nice. Well, moving straight on then from a one high draftee straight into another will. Who have you got at two? So number two, I've got a bit more of a ruffie, and that's Jazz Stewart. She was drafted with the second pick in the recent draft. Um, she was a former high draft pick for Fremantle, but now is coming in for Port Adelaide for her second chance at AFLW football, so she does have AFLW experience. She's only priced at 25, so she's really quite cheap. She's the other one that I think could move into that role that's been opened up by Jackie Austin sitting out this season. I'm not sure about you, but I think this is one where we've really taken a step down in the amount of upside that we've seen between mm. rank one and rank two because looking back at what uh, we last saw from Jasmine at the AFLW level playing for Fremantle, I'm not seeing many scores above 50 in her final two years in the comp. That is a bit of a... a, a a difficult watch, I would say, particularly where I don't think she's going to be coming in as the most highly rated of midfielders when they do have Abby Dowrick, Hannah Ewings, and then also Maria Maloney all inside as well. Which is a great segue into my number three, which is Maria Maloney. Yeah, okay. So split them for me then, because I would say that Maloney would be my more interesting option. And I agree. She averaged 60 last uh, season could be a benefit from another season in the middle. Yorston departing, bit more points on offer. Basically, the difference there is if you're going for a 60 averaging midfielder, I'd be looking at Ewings. Whereas if you want a cheaper option, you go Stewart. And that's the only reason I've put Stewart above Maria Maloney is I think Maria Maloney will score more than Jazz Stewart, but she's priced at pretty much double the price. So it's it's a tough sell, and I think that it's it's – one of the things we did find when putting together the notes for this episode is the the Port Adelaide team doesn't have a whole lot of leeway because a lot of the players that were going to be 
really interesting players who were really interesting players last year, such as Maria Maloney, such as an Abby Dowrick. So we, we did have to try and find a few alternative options, but there's going to be points in that midfield. Who they're going to go to, we're not quite sure yet. So that's why I've sort of thrown all three of these names, Ewing, Stewart, and Maloney together. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair enough. Interestingly enough, you haven't included Abby Dowrick. Who- I haven't. And that's because I wanted to spare you the the memories of trading her out. I didn't even... I actually blocked her completely out of my mind when I looked at these notes. And I've got the Liam special coming up and I threw someone else in. But I'm now maybe actively reconsidering that because as much as I know it hurts me to think about 134 <laughs> on a trade-out week, it's mm. 134 and she can clearly is a gun. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, she... Just, I'll just quickly say she averaged 67 last season, so comes in at a bit of an awkward price. But once again, we've, we've basically thrown the whole Port Adelaide midfield into this section, so she's definitely an option that could be one to benefit. 100%. Well, going from players that we definitely have seen play in the midfield forward to someone that we've never seen before, and possibly the first time she will have been mentioned on this pod, Will, who have you got at four? Number four, I've got Matilda Scholes. And Matilda Scholes is a basement price ruck who has been signed as a PSP selection. And the reason I've put her in here is not because I think you should be going and picking her straight away, but it's basically because we've mentioned Liz McGrath's out. Uh, Levicki is basically the one we expect to do pretty much all of the ruck work this season. And at some stage, it's likely that she'll need some sort of cover, maybe need a rest, they might play a second ruck. Matilda Scholes is the one that is likely to come in. So we think that she'll probably be a downgrade option at some point. And she was also mentioned by Ange Foley as a player who was looking really good. So not necessarily picking her straight away, but I think there's a, an option there for potentially getting a bit of money later in the season. Yeah, 100%. I think the other option to consider is Georgie Jarks as well. Mm. Just we're looking for, for rookie rucks. Uh, who, and it sounds like we'll have at least one who will supplement Liv Levicki in place of Liz McGrath this year. So I can't, I can't really hate on it at all. We're kind of, mm. we're pretty set on the idea that Fleur Davies is the one who's most likely to get the predominant ruck role, just given the other options that exist at GWS outside of her. But beyond that, we're looking for kind of anything and everything far and wide. We're already considering Erin Hoare if she were to get picked. Tam Luke is in Marrera's magic, I believe, a ruck. Mm, and then in the official game, she's a forward. But we're, again, just looking for players who are going to get ruck time. And so, yeah, I can't hate on this one whatsoever. I think anyone that's 300K and who can get ruck minutes this year should be on your watch list. Yep. Well, that was a great summary of the reasoning that I'm sure you probably had going unread. So <laughs> moving right along to the fifth in your one, two, three, four, fives, who have you got, Will? Yeah, for the number five, I put the GOAT. I put Aaron Phillips. Had a bit of a down year last season, only averaged 56. She'd averaged over 70 for the two seasons prior to that. She's got some forward reinforcements this season with Ash Saint coming in. We've also said Jackie Yorston out means there is midfield minutes. A player of her class may end up being back in that midfield. There is, of course, the caveat, the big asterisk, which is she is one of the oldest players in the competition, but at her quality, can never count her out. So if you're willing to take a gamble on her, it's Aaron Phillips. Who knows? Yeah, I would honestly, if I were doing this, probably had Aaron Phillips a little higher, if only because I think 
what Port Adelaide is going to miss in the midfield this year with the loss of Yulston is some experience and kind of size effectively. Like there is no real tall player, even last year, but because of the loss of Gemma Houghton and then just the the scoring issues that existed for Port Adelaide, Erin was not able to spend much time up around the ball in the midfield. But it was also caught in the same problem in the delivery inside was not always particularly amazing and she actually didn't even kick a goal, I think, last season. I don't even think she had a single goal. So I think Erin Phillips is a fascinating watch, particularly if we see during the first few rounds that she is getting that 30 to 40% mid-roll. I was down on signing her last year because I thought she would spend more time up forward because I thought Port Adelaide did not have enough scoring options. That turned out to be one of the biggest issues and I think now she's at a much better price and we know that even if she doesn't hit 70, I still think as an upgrade target from your last rookie, I think she's definitely an option that you should be considering if only because we know she has 90 plus capacity for you know weeks on end. You've actually just blown my mind. Genuinely, zero goals, six last season. Yeah, Amazing. But the other thing about it is she didn't drop below 45 last season. So still super consistent. Which so, speaks to the fact it was roll. Mm. So I've just convinced myself that you're right. I think I should have had her a bit higher. <laughs> Don't worry. Very good. Don't worry, Will. I've got you covered. You got me covered. You've also, for the Liam special, put in another player who's got a similar sort of uh, idea behind it. Maybe not quite as good as an Aaron Phillips, but... They need experience in that midfield. Who's your Liam special? So my Liam special is the one that I've still got written down. It's not Abby Dowrick, and it's it's Hannah Dunn. If only because it's, again, a player we've seen at another club play full midfield time and average well enough. Now, obviously, we lost. We know we've talked it on end in this episode about the loss of Jackie Yorston. But funnily enough, I'm looking back to Hannah Dunn's days at the Suns, where she was a teammate of Yorston, where as a full-time midfielder in Season 4 and Season 5, she averaged a combined 55 as a full-time midfielder. Now, she's going to come in this year averaging only a 40, and she's going to come in in both platforms as a defender. And that's where I think the interesting value prop comes from. I don't know if there's any word yet necessarily that Hannah will be a midfielder this season, but in terms of experienced players that they've got on their list who have played full-time mid-minutes before, and you wouldn't be borrowing from the scoring end of things. So if I was to go against my argument for Aaron Phillips, you would say with the addition of some of the players they've brought in, in a Carrick and a Cuthbertson, you could probably spare a little bit from the defensive line and you could throw Hannah Dunn into the midfield more and she could push up from that 40 up to a 55, up to a 60, that would be kind of the highest end, I reckon, but it still presents enough value. Yeah, and you, you've said exactly what I was going to say, which is the recruiting of Janelle Cuthbertson in particular is the one that interests me here because she's a player that plays a similar role, sort of that mid-defender player, which would give Hannah Dunn the ability to move into that midfield. And as we've said, this is by no means a, a guarantee to happen. But if no, it does happen, no, no, and if no, this no. is something that we see over the practice games, maybe even early on, she could be a really interesting sideways trade 
if she does come out and score a couple of 60s. So definitely one to, to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, and if anything, I think this Liam special is more just a case of don't be surprised if you see her getting CBAs in the practice match. It's something that she's done before. It's a name you should have ready to consider when she does potentially score better than we're expecting in the pracky matches and maybe round one and two. And that draws an end to our Port Adelaide episode. The next episode you're going to hear from us, I'm pretty sure it's with Mel and Will, and it's on the Richmond Tigers from down at Punt Road. In the interim, make sure that you are subscribed to us on all podcasting platforms and make sure you're following us on Instagram and on Twitter at FreeKickWPod because importantly for every one of these clubs in today's episode, we've released our predicted best 21s, which we think are really important. We think it's really helpful, at least what we wanted, when trying to pick your sides. And it might give you some indication of what roles players might have when the season starts. You can find me on Twitter at Liam AFLW Fantasy. Will, how about you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WillH underscore VI. All right. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed. And we'll hear from, you'll hear from us, sorry, soon. See ya. Catch you later.